Welcome back to Burn Success Presents 10 Careers You've Never Heard Of. I'm your host, Christian Chavez, and today I'm fortunate to speak with Nicole Starr, Vice President of Social Impact for Participant, a leading media company dedicated to entertainment that inspires audiences to engage in positive social change. In her role, Nicole oversees the development and execution of impact campaigns that bring together art and activism to accelerate progress around the world's most pressing issues. Her passion for leveraging the power of storytelling to inspire action drives her work at Participant, which includes the creation of social impact and culture change campaigns for numerous films, such as the critically acclaimed and Academy Award-winning film Judas and the Black Messiah, RBG, On the Basis of Sex, an inconvenient sequel Truth to Power, and Academy Award-winning Roma. Most recently, the impact campaign around Roma helped shift the narrative around domestic workers and inspired the cultural conditions for policy change in the U.S. and Mexico. Nicole came to participant with over a decade of experience in the entertainment industry, including a six-year stint at 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment, building corporate partnerships around film and TV properties such as Avatar, Life of Pi, the X-Men franchise, and Glee. In addition, Nicole is a founding member of Storyline Partners, an organization working in writers' rooms to create authentic portrayals of underrepresented and misrepresented communities in pop culture. Welcome, Nicole. Really excited to learn more about your work at Participant. Great. Thanks, Christian. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be uh, doing this and speaking with you. Of course, of course. So to get us started, could you just give me an overview of your responsibilities and priorities in your role as Vice President of Social Impact? Sure, yes. So in my job uh, as VP of Social Impact at Participant, um, my role is really to develop, strategize, and execute social impact campaigns across participants' slate of narrative films, documentaries, and television programming. And so from a campaign perspective, another way to describe my role is that of an impact producer, which means, my key priority is really to read scripts and watch films and think through the relevancy of that story to today's cultural and socio-political environment. And then to connect that story to those who can use um, the film to really accelerate their own work and goals. So by example, that could be an educator who's trying to teach about climate change and wants to use the film and Inconvenient Truth to do that and to really you know, open up kids' minds to this issue in their classrooms. Um, or it could be um, connecting the film to a legislator, let's say who's trying to bring visibility and support for a bill they're working on about banning harmful chemicals in our water. So they host a screening of the film Dark Waters and invite the film star Mark Ruffalo to join a congressional briefing. Um, Or another group could be working with activists um, who are doing work on the ground and could use this film as an organizing tool to bring people together. So with every film and campaign, Uh, I'm really identifying who those stakeholders are and what their needs are and how we can support them. Also, as part of my role, um, I work closely with the filmmakers to understand their why. Why did they make the film? What change do they hope to make? How can we really support that vision for change? So that's always the first first piece of any any campaign and work. Um, Also something really fun. I've always loved working in entertainment and so getting to work with these filmmakers in this capacity has been exciting. Um, And then other stakeholders um, that I work with in my my role uh, include our distribution partners like Netflix and Warner Brothers. Uh, With each campaign, I collaborate closely with them to really identify all the different ways our impact work can support and add value to the film's commercial release and really help ensure as many people see the film as possible. 
So that's a bit of a range of, of just my role and, and, and some of the day-to-day the -day activities. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for that overview. So not only are you working in this really cool space with filmmakers and other artists, but you're also bringing awareness to some of the most you know, important issues that we need to face. And you're using the reach of film and television to uh, create this cultural shift that's very, very cool. Now, Participant was founded with a commitment to producing entertainment with socially relevant themes and is now the leading company dedicated to entertainment that inspires audiences to engage in this positive social change. What drives the issues in the films that Participant produces and campaigns on? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So I would say Participant is really founded on the concept that artists and activists together can change the world. So the issues in our stories are driven by the creative vision of our artists and our filmmakers. So in my, in my, in my opinion and kind of my approach to this work is that, you know, films are really not intended to be solution oriented, right? They don't have to tell you the solution to a problem. Instead, the job of a film is to really open up hearts and minds to an issue to inspire people to care more, uh, to want to learn more about something and maybe even be inspired to take action. And so that's where the impact campaign comes along. It comes along to connect the issues in the film to work happening on the ground. And uh, it's an opportunity for activists then to identify those solutions, really what change can we make using this story? Uh, and so, so that's a bit of, of our approach. You know. Um, all, all of the campaigns I've, I've ever worked on are really driven by the filmmaker and the artist visions of, of what, what the issues are and the stories that they want to tell and then connecting that to, to solutions on the ground. Definitely. So you, you mentioned earlier how exciting it is to work with these creative professionals and filmmakers um, behind the art of the film and television. Building off of that, can you tell me a little bit more about the work that goes into the impact campaign after the film has been uh, released? What are some common projects and other partners that you collaborate with during an ongoing campaign? Yeah, absolutely, sure. So I can take you through um, two examples. Let's see if I could do my elevator pitches on these campaigns, but I'll take you through the campaign first that I'm working on right now. So uh, for the past six months, um, I've been working on the film Judas and the Black Messiah, which just won two Oscars last weekend. Um, and it's, it's, it's really incredible to see a story like this, I think get celebrated, you know, on, on that type of a, a stage, but, you know, the film is really about the, um, the life and the tragic assassination of Chairman Fred Hampton, who was a leader of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. And so the impact campaign, the goal of the impact campaign uh, is to educate audiences with a more comprehensive history of the Black Panther Party and connect its legacy, especially the legacy of Chairman Fred Hampton to today's movement for Black lives and to really empower audiences to join local organizations advocating for Black communities. Um, so as part of this work, uh, we recently launched, um, or actually launching uh, in a few days, um, a Judas and the Black Messiah uh, educational guide. And the guide includes a foreword by Chairman Fred Hampton Jr., the son of Chairman Hampton, um, as well as interviews with our impact partners um, and, um, and professors. And so that uh, guide will be used as a supplement in schools in the fall. 
Um, in addition, this month, just a couple of weeks ago, um, participant held the first ever congressional tri-caucus briefing um, that focused on the accurate history of the Black Panther Party and um, their positive contributions. So a tri-caucus briefing uh, means that we brought together leaders from the Congressional Black Caucus, the Congressional Asian Pacific Islander Caucus, and the Congressional Hispanic Caucus. And all of those leaders, those members of Congress, came together and publicly recognized the positive contributions of the Black Panther Party and the lasting impact and harm of COINTELPRO, which was the FBI's program that really targeted um, civil rights leaders, including MLK, as well as many, many, many members of Black Panther Party. And so, um, you know, we did that congressional briefing in partnership with the Leadership Conference on Human and Civil Rights. Um, we have been doing a lot of our work with um, activists and community organizers on the ground in Chicago, as well as national organizations. And then also working very closely with um, with uh, the director, Shaka King, and really, you know, ensuring that we, with everything we do, we're really supporting his vision and his message um, to get the film out there. And so we've, um, we've had the opportunity to have um, Shaka, as well as Daniel Kalua and Lakeith Stanfield, the two main actors in the film, um, speak with activists that we're working on, talking about the impact of the film, talking about their work, being in conversation together, those videos um, launched on social media. So it's been a really fun and exciting way to, to educate um, audiences as well as really get these conversation in the halls of Congress where we can start to shift the perspective of how people see and understand the Black Panther Party. Um, so that's that's one campaign that I'm doing right now. And then um, another approach to campaign work um, is a campaign I, I worked on for about two years um, tied to the film Roma. And so Roma centers on the story of Cleo, who's an indigenous woman working as a live-in domestic worker uh, for a middle-class family in uh, Mexico City. And, you know, the first thing we did uh, when we approached this campaign was talk to the director, Alfonso Caron, about what inspired him, you know, to make this story. And it's a very personal story. It's, um, you know, really reflections of his own childhood and, and memories, but he dedicated the story to his own nanny. And so we really started to think about, you know, the role of domestic workers and specifically this character, Cleo. Um, and so we started doing some research on, well, you know, the, the film centers Cleo's story and her voice. Well, what is the status of, of domestic workers? And is there an opportunity to build a campaign around that? What needs do they have? And so what we learned is that Cleo's story represented 67 million domestic workers um, around the world, 80% of whom uh, are women and whose work is really undervalued, um, overlooked and unprotected. And so by putting the story of a caregiver center stage, uh, the film Roma really helped spotlight uh, profound inequalities and complexities of domestic work. And so we um, designed a campaign that, you know, first and foremost, aimed to really increase the visibility and the value of domestic workers in our pop culture. And so we did that by constantly shifting the spotlight um, you know, from, uh, you know, from, from the film to domestic workers today um, and having them really centering their voices and having them tell their stories. And so we did that um, 
through red carpet, you know, interviews. We had um, Alfonso uh, Crone, you know, our director, um, go to the Golden Globes with our um, the executive director of our nonprofit uh, partner, the National Domestic Workers Alliance. And so Ai-jen Poo and, and Alfonso went together and every time, you know, interviews, a reporter said, you know, Alfonso, tell us about Roman and, you know, why did you make it? And he said, well, actually, here's iGen to talk about, you know, the work of, um, of advocating for domestic worker rights. And so we did that through that, um, premieres, um, our nonprofit partners spoke at premieres in Mexico, as well as in US, the US, where we were doing our campaign work, um, really centering the importance of the film, the work that they're doing today. We had New York Times op-eds, um, think pieces, screenings, and so once we really created this cultural awareness of the importance and the value um, of domestic workers tied to the release of the film, we then shifted to our next phase of the campaign and our goal, which was really to accelerate the conditions for legislation to pass. So when this film came out in Mexico, domestic workers did not have access to social security, minimum wages, um, pay time off like sick days or holiday pay, access to healthcare, none of the basic worker rights that a lot of people have and, and can even just take for granted. Um, and so in the US and in Mexico, we did screenings for members of Congress um, where we screened the film and then our nonprofit partners, CASE in Mexico, and again, the NDWA talked about the value and the importance of legislation to support worker rights. Um, we went to, with Yulitsa, uh, the star of the film, we went to the UN and um, Yulitsa spoke at the International Labor Organization's um, you know, Women's Day celebration, International Women's Day celebration. She talked about the importance of prioritizing countries, prioritizing domestic worker rights. And anyhow, within um, six months after the film launched, legislation in Mexico passed for the first time ever that granted domestic workers the worker rights they've been advocating for for years. And so um, that really is due to the hard work of our nonprofit partners who've been doing this work on the ground for decades. Um, but the film just really helped create that kind of cultural accelerant, you know, to really just help get the work over the edge. And then um, later that summer as well in the US, we joined, uh, participant joined um, the NDWA to introduce the first ever um, federal bill in, in America to also advocate for domestic workers' um, rights and protection. So those are, you know, I think I think that, that film really represents, you know, um, really culture change from a social impact perspective where you can use the film to shift the culture, um, accelerate visibility for a group and an organization and a need, and then push people to um, really identify how they can support those organizations and advocates and, um, and, and, and really put pressure on legislators to make change. Wow, just wow, that was such a great answer and the impact campaigns are so interesting. The messages in both of these films are so important, so I can't even begin to imagine how proud you and your team must be to be creating such change and to be influencing the cultural shifts, not only here in the U.S., but abroad as well. So thank you for all that you're doing. It's really important work. I also want to mention how unique it must be to be working with so many different types of collaborative partners. Not only are you working with filmmakers, but you're also working with lawmakers and leaders of organizations who are on the ground fighting day in and day out to address some of these issues. So 
that must be a really amazing experience. Now, this area is such an interesting bridge between creative work and purpose-driven or impact work. Can you tell us more about how you reached this point of your career? More specifically, when did you decide that you wanted to bring your entertainment marketing background to drive the impact and the issues raised in film and television? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. So, okay. So, so growing up, um, I grew up in Bakersfield, California. Uh, there's not a lot to do there. Um, so I watched, I think I went to the movie theater all the time. Um, I've just always loved, loved, loved movies. Um, I love the way they transport you to another place, another land. I love the way they introduce you to people and cultures that maybe you don't see in your day-to-day -day life or world. Um, I just love how they inspire you. I've, I've just been a huge fan of movies. And so, um, you know, specifically though, I, I think an interesting thing that I realized young as, as a kid is that um, a, lot of, uh, um, a lot of my friends uh, didn't have the opportunity, a lot of kids I grew up with um, to travel outside of Bakersfield. And so, um, we, you know, that was, that was just what we knew. And, um, we all though had the opportunity to like watch TGIF, you know, TV shows on Friday nights together, or, or again, go to the movies. And so I realized that, you know, sometimes films really are maybe one of the key ways that people do learn about other cultures, other people, it really crafts their perception of, of the world. And so, I, I think what I'm trying to say is that I recognize the power of storytelling and of these narratives to have some sort of a profound impact on people. And, um, and so I knew that I wanted to work in entertainment. Um, I knew that UCLA was my dream school. It was, you know, one of those, I just feel like I won the lottery when I got in. Um, but I had no idea how to work in entertainment or what that meant. Um, I'm not a creative person. I knew that the only three jobs I knew about in entertainment is like, you're an actor, you're a director, or you're a producer, you know, and I, I didn't see myself as, as any of those roles. Um, so I interned a lot during school. Um, I took any entertainment adjacent job I could, um, had a great time doing that. And then as soon as I got out of college, again, I just followed the same path. Um, my first job was doing PR for a music agency and, you know, that was great. I learned how to write a press release, you know, um, though I never aspired to be a, 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 um, a, a publicist. Um, and so I just took, you know, odd jobs here and there that really, I worked at a graphic design agency doing marketing and sales for them. And I learned how to do, I learned about the TV business. We created graphic packages that went on, you know, ABC, HBO. And so that taught me about the TV business um, through that just kind of, uh, again, adjacent job. Um, and then eventually ended up at 20th Century Fox uh, doing uh, working on global marketing partnerships. And that role is where I really, I was there for about seven years and I really learned the business there. I learned about marketing films. I learned about distributor priorities, how they're thinking about selling and distributing films. Um, and in my role, I really honed my skill of partnerships because um, my job was to connect our films, these big commercial films like X-Men and, um, and uh, Avatar, you know, with uh, Fortune 500 companies who could integrate their films into their marketing campaigns. And so if you've ever seen like um, 
uh, an image of like a cereal box with a movie on it, you know, that's, that's a product of, of global marketing. Um, and so I did that for a while. I loved it. It was definitely something I wanted to do. Um, but as the years went on, um, some interesting things started to happen. Um, one is that, you know, when the Obamas, you know, went into the White House, um, you know, First Lady Michelle Obama started her uh, program, Let's Move, to really bring awareness and visibility to childhood obesity. Well, one of my jobs was, was working on animated films um, and partnering them with products that kids like. And so I started to reflect on the fact that, you know, um, what is my role in contributing to this um, epidemic of, of childhood obesity when I'm putting animated images on sugary snacks, um, sugary products. And of course, every parent can make their own decision of what to, of what to you know, buy for their children and feed their kids. But I just started to think about what would it look like to have a job that really, really helped me lead with my values, was really aligned to my values and, and what um, really what I, what, I, what I believed in on, a, on just a different level that was both personal as well as professional. And so that's when I decided, all right, let's really, you know, um, let's really think about what the next step looks like. And participant um, had always been on my radar. It started a couple of years after I graduated. And so it'd been my dream company. And um, at that point, I just really uh, worked hard to find the right connections, to get my resume in the right hands and make the move over there. And um, what's interesting is that I had zero really maybe not zero, like almost zero percent experience in the nonprofit world and the nonprofit space, which seems pretty critical to a job at participant. Um, but I'm excellent at uh, collaborations and designing partnerships. And so I really sold my skill set as that, you know, I've been doing this work at 20th Century Fox, connecting films to corporate partners. You know, I now can design partnerships to connect the films to nonprofit partners. And I have the heart um, to learn the rest of the business and to really learn how, what nonprofit partners needs are and how to construct those, those specific partnerships. And so that is um, really how I made the transition. And I, I feel really lucky that, um, that I got in when I did. And, um, but that, that was sort of my, a bit of my trajectory and the impetus for, for eventually making the move over to participant. Yeah, that's, it's such a great story. And um, I really love how you were able to recognize your role in a larger issue like childhood obesity and then reposition your career towards alignment with your, your values while also remaining within an industry that you wanted to pursue since growing up in Bakersfield. Um, it's, it's a really, really cool story. And you know, to add to that, the pivot from entertainment marketing to a role that is more involved with nonprofit organizations and being able to share with participants your, your skill set and what you can bring to this work is so important. And I think a lot of people who are thinking about pivoting different industries and um, roles are not entirely sure how to do that. But what you describe in this, this transition is the exact way that you want to approach it. So I think, I think it's really great to hear that. And I think it's going to be of a lot of value to students and alumni who are considering, um, you know, one industry and then may eventually down the line decide to move to something different. So what do you recommend for students and alumni that are interested in pursuing entertainment, 
but want to focus more on the social impact and want to engage positive change amidst the issues that we're seeing more of today? Yeah, it's a it's a great, great question. You know, I think that, um, oh my gosh, I don't know. I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but I think, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is, is be the change that you want to see. <laughs> um, such an overused statement, it's but, great, um, but really, it's really it's, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. I think if you, if you one are currently working in the entertainment industry, be that positive change, be that person who creates an ERG in their company. If there aren't any, be that person who raises their hand. And if you, if you have the ability to read scripts or see the development process of film, say, Hey, you know, um, you know, just a, a point of caution. Are we are we reinforcing a negative trope about a certain community? Is there a way we can maybe make a little bit of a shift there? Um, you know, think about ways to organize your colleagues to do um, volunteer programs or get back or start petition and advocacy work. I mean, whatever it is that inspires you, really. Um, take that, take the lead, right? Don't wait for someone else to do it because other people may not be thinking the same way you are. Other people may not have the skill sets you do. And, and it's not from a place of judgment that they don't it, just use it as an opportunity. I always see things as an opportunity to really educate and bring people along with you and not judge people for not doing the thing that you think is so obvious. Instead, just help people get there. So I think that's the that's the first thing I would say if if, if you're working in the entertainment industry, be be the role, create the role, create the position, um, create the opportunities that you would like it to have, you know, and 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 see how you can implement those. Yeah, definitely. Are there any thoughts that you want to share for our students who are, you know, about to launch their careers this year or maybe graduating two years from now who are interested in entertainment but have, you know, this passion for social issues? Exactly. So so what I would say there too is that um, a few of my colleagues, including myself, have come to this work, have come to participant with an entertainment background. But at this point, the majority of my colleagues come from non-entertainment backgrounds. So they have experience working at global foundations and the Clinton Foundation, um, Ford Foundation, or they come from a political background. They worked in DC, um, they worked on the Hillary campaign, you know, so they really understand uh, you know, design campaign design from that perspective. Um, a lot of folks work at nonprofits. Um, or have community organizing skills, you know, basically everyone across the board in, in my department and a lot of people at participant really come to this company with the heart and the desire and the passion to really use film to help make positive change in the world and they're passionate about different issues and they're tapped into different organizations. So I would say first and foremost, really cultivate and, and follow, follow your passion. You know, if there is an issue that you just really want to work in, work in it, you know, do that. And then, um, and, and, and then you can really take that experience and that expertise to an entertainment company, again, leveraging the skill sets, not the institutional experience, but leveraging the skill sets. Um, I did PR for this nonprofit organization. I know everything about 
um, the representation of, of, of immigrants. And I noticed a lot of your films um, are also touching upon immigration or I've noticed that your films don't have a lot of representation of Hispanic communities or Latinx communities. Um, I can take this lens that I have and this experience I have and see how it can, you know, we can apply it to, to the films and the work that you do here. I mean, it's just taking your issue-based knowledge and creating that bridge on how it applies within, within entertainment. Um, so, so that's the first thing, just follow your heart, follow your passion. If you want to make change, learn how to make it. And then, and then you can, um, you know, land these jobs at places like participant, hello, sunshine, um, you know, agencies, um, Endeavor, CAA, they all have these um, built in uh, impact and kind of social justice arms. So there's tons of opportunities. This is really an emerging field. So in five years, there will be even more opportunities. Um, but that's what I would say there. And then again, I think if you're already working in entertainment and and maybe you, you have, um, you're just starting out, it, whatever the role is, um, but you know you also want to kind of learn about the nonprofit space, um, start volunteering, start working closely with, a, with an organization, again, that you're passionate about, that represents things you care about, and you just start to bring that institutional knowledge from, from the nonprofit space into your, uh, your work in entertainment. So either way, but I think it's, it's, it's a unique ability to be able to... Um, it's unique, I'm realizing, for someone who can speak both languages, meaning speak authentically from a social justice land, from an organizing land, from a nonprofit space, and understand how those organizations work and what their needs are, as well as speak entertainment and you know how to uh, sell, develop, you know, create a film. Um, and so, so for someone who can bridge those two worlds, it's a really valuable skill set. So. Um, starting in either direction is a great way to go. Moving on to our final question, over the course of your career, how have you learned to define success in your professional life? Yeah, this is a, <laughs> um, this is a good question. Uh, it's a lot of things come to mind. Um, I think if you think holistically, um, as I think holistically, like do I feel successful professionally? I find that, you know, Am I at a company that really, again, reflects the essence and the values of who I am? And, and so being at participant, it's just for me, like, wow, I every day get to do something that I love working on films, more importantly, working with nonprofit partners and learning about these issues in our communities. That's just knowing that I found something that married those two passions. It, I feel successful. I feel really excited um, and, and happy. Uh, I would also say though, you know, um, you know, success also is, is the ability to be able to evolve and grow professionally in my career, um, to be able to know that I'm in a company where I can iterate and be innovative. Um, I've been a participant for eight years now, but I probably haven't had the exact same job for more than a year. You know, I started off, um, working on their television network. Uh, and I did that for three years. And then when that wound down, I moved over to film. Um, I'm able to, you know, I started working, you know, one of the Roma partners that I worked with, the NDWA, um, 
we last year launched a podcast, you know, called Sunstorm. And that was just a totally new fun thing to do and didn't really fit into, um, it wasn't part of the Roma campaign. It was just a, a new thing that um, was really exciting. Um, I've been able to, I helped co-found an organization called Storyline Partners that is um, working. It's a coalition of nonprofits that are working in writers' rooms to create, um, help help writers create more authentic um, stories of underrepresented and misrepresented communities in film and television. And so that made me really happy. You know, just so again, I think just the ability to continue to grow and evolve and do the thing you love that that feels like success. Um, and then I would say on a campaign specific uh, vision of success. Um, partners are like my, my nonprofit partners, knowing that um, we've been able to create something that authentically and organically really supports their work and that that was a value to them. Um, that makes me so happy. And the, the relationships and the friendships that um, I get from those partnerships, that, that just fulfills me and, and um, makes me a very happy person. So, so those are, that's, I think that those are some of the ways that um, I define success and, and you know, what kind of keeps me going. Yeah, those are all great answers. You can totally hear it in your voice when you say how happy um, working with the partners yeah. um, makes you. So that that's that's so awesome to hear. And then I also really um, appreciate this approach to success in that you know it's being able to constantly evolve and grow, and that it's not necessarily this point that you reach in time. That it's it's always happening, and it can always happen as long as you are putting in the effort to. Um, grow personally and professionally. So that definitely resonates and I really appreciate that. So absolutely. That wraps up the interview. So thank you so much, Nicole. Um, your work is so inspiring and I feel so fortunate to have had the opportunity to chat with you and learn more about your work at Participant and what you're doing to raise awareness on issues that need to be talked about. Um, and I'm also really excited to share it with uh, UCLA students and alumni. So thank you again for taking time um, to speak with me today. Of course. Thank you, Christian. And um, I encourage everyone to follow participants' social channels, see what's going on, and um, always check out our job boards. And um, if anyone has questions, you can find me on LinkedIn. Definitely. We'll put all of that in the description of the episode. So thank you so much. Time. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Nicole. Okay. Take care. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Nicole Starr, Vice President of Social Impact at Participant. You can learn more about Nicole in the description of the podcast. Follow UCLA Alumni Career Engagement on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin Success. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, and share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're back chatting with another inspiring Bruin. This podcast was made possible by UCLA Alumni.